Are you listening? Damn. Alberta Draft Beer, you heard of that here. Uh-huh. Our word is that clear, we prefer a glass near. Yeah. Local is best, so the rest barely spoke. Uh-huh. From farm to the brewery till it's pouring down your throat. Yeah. From Jasper to Lloyd, for back to the hat. Uh-huh. You are now at Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast. Yeah. Welcome to the Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast, a.k.a. the ACBCG. My name is Andrew, and I'm one of the people behind the Alberta Craft Beer Guide. Our goal is to grow the craft beer community by educating the interested and entertaining the entrenched. Our guest today is me. <laughs> Not just me, though. Um, I will have a good friend and colleague, gentleman and scholar, Matt Slingsby. He'll be interviewing me. He's the producer of this podcast. Um, he's also the producer of Drink This Podcast, which I'm fortunate and honored to say I've been a guest on several times. I, I think you can call yourself a friend of the show. Friend of the show. I, I refer to you as friend of the show. Oh, see, you're competition, you see. <laughs> he said from the same network. <laughs> yeah, from the same network, which is my next point. Uh, these are both under the Screaming Dachshund Studios brand uh, or production company, if you will. Um, so Matt Slingsby, he's an avid member in the podcast community, also a big player, if I may say so myself, in the craft beer community. Uh, he's worked in liquor retail for a number of years. Uh, he was with Alley Cat in Edmonton for a number of years. He's still based in Edmonton, and now he's working with Dandy Brewing based in Calgary. And uh, he likes to represent really good beer. So, um, yeah, he'll be asking me some cues, and I think it's important mm-hmm. that we've kind of learned you know, a little bit of the reason why we're doing the guide and maybe some things you don't know about it and all that jazz. All right, give me the steering wheel, <laughs> and we'll get this under under underway. Hi, folks. Producer Matt here. You may recognize my voice from last week when I told you there wouldn't be an episode of this show. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna we're gonna take Andrew's model because um, I think it's a good model. Uh, I I don't know if I say this enough, but I mean I, I hate to so much say like as a podcaster, but like as somebody who likes a lot of podcasts and listens to a lot of podcasts as well as makes a couple himself. Andrew, in seven episodes, has been crushing this show and uh, really doing an awesome job uh, guiding you guys through the world of craft beer. So I'm going to ask him some questions about, uh, I'm going to turn his model on around on him, shine the point the mirror at him, as it were. And uh, we'll start with uh, asking him the first question he asks everybody, which is, what makes the Alberta Craft Beer Guide unique? Ooh, good question. Uh, that's a great question. Maybe I should have thought of this a little more. Um, I think the thing that makes it truly unique is that, I mean, one of the big ethos why we started the book was we just wanted to educate more people on how much great beer is in the province. I'm I'm spoiled because I'm around people who are, you know, lots of beer reps and, and, uh, people in the industry and owners that I'm really spoiled to the experiences I get. Um, I won't take that for granted at all. It's just, we go places and we, we, we get to know people and, um, (laughs) some people take care of us, which is great. Yeah. And Um, Andrew, for those who've never listened to my show, Andrew is very plugged in to the craft beer scene in in, here in Edmonton. Uh, his partner, Erica is also a rep for a local brewery. Uh, and he is, um, I believe I would call him an, uh, I'd call you an aficionado, a a trendsetter and tastemaker as it were. I like that. I I knew you would. Um, (laughs) I make taste. (laughs) So you're lucky, and you, you're lucky to be entrenched. But you like to. Uh, he also likes to uh, engage with people and uh, and educate where he can. So the impetus behind the guide was then to like take that to the next step. Or yeah, I mean, what like to go back to your first question? What makes it unique is that yeah, like you said, we're really dialed into the community. 
So we want the community to have its just a, a larger voice, a wider spread voice in front of the consumers um, across the province. So one of the big things is that we don't do ratings in our book. We never right. will. Um, if you ask me, of course, I have personal opinions on certain brands right. and breweries, but I don't make those public because, you know, if I like a certain sour stout, you might not or, mm. you know, the, the other way around, right? So I think that's a big thing. <clears throat> I think the other thing is that we get our content from the industry. It's coming directly from breweries, so no one can get mad at us if we print the wrong thing because right. we go, well, you gave it to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, we do do our obviously our best to make sure things are accurate as, as much as possible. It's a challenge with a delay in print, of course. Yeah. Um, and also that you know all of our writers are coming, they're in the industry, whether they're huge fans, they're sales reps, they're breweries, they're owners, they're you know, other taste makers, whatever you want to say. Like we just want, you know, the unique experiences we get to have with beer. We want more people to know about those kinds of things. Right. Not everyone goes to a brewery and, you know, gets a tour when they're not offering tours and or, or gets to know the owners and hear the true story. So that's part of the reason why we're doing the podcast, but also part of the book is we want to share those stories and what makes this culture so exciting and unique, right? Right. So um, <clears throat> let's then talk a bit, a little bit about the layout because it's not just... Um, like, I, I always think of, uh, the first thing I think of when you told me about this was, like, I'm a big fan of the Lonely Planet guides. I don't know if you've ever used one. I don't know if I have. No, um, I don't think so. But they're, like, travel guides, right? And they'll break down kind of, like, it, it's by region and by city, and they'll kind of lay out, there's maps and, yeah. you know, things you should see, museums, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that's a brilliant idea, because it's essentially a tour guide for uh, uh, for Alberta beer. So let's talk about the layout a bit. You've got... A, a, a listing of every active brewery in the province yeah and again we try to keep it <laughs> as accurate as possible there are some breweries who say hey we'll be open on this date so we give them a page and then <laughs> we know how it goes in the brewing yeah. world delay 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 they open eight months later and you know hey worst case scenario we're giving you know extra free promo to a brewery about to open right. so if people are pissed off that there's hours of a brewery that's not open yet Stay I'm, tuned, and I'm planning to lobby Merriam-Webster to include as this year's word of the year <laughs> the set of syllables uttered by a brew pub owner when you ask him when he's going to be open. Yeah, and people like you know I have to I have to ask that question. Like I talk to all the breweries and the people you know we got our sooneries and rumories, the soon to be and rumored breweries. Um, like I have to ask that question, and I'm like I know you hate hearing this question, but I got to ask because hey, yeah. if you're open, we're giving you a page. That's just the way it works, yeah. right? Um. So as far as layout, yeah, it is by region. Our designer, Tyson, is amazing. Um, he makes his book look absolutely fantastic. So if you want to follow him, at Tyson Dueck, um, D-U-E-C-K. Name uh, drop and yeah. watch out. <laughs> he's, like, he's just phenomenal. He makes his book incredible. Um, I've never taken credit for a designer layout or anything because right. it's, it's all him. We give him almost zero instruction. Like, here's all the content. Just, like, have fun. And I think that's why it, it looks so great is because the designer is just <laughs> enjoying it. He won't hand it off to anyone else because he loves his project, right? right? Um, so you've got it broken down by region. So I'm assuming that's Edmonton area, Calgary area, and then north and southern Alberta. Yeah, and then the whole idea is that, you know, very few people are going to do an entire Alberta brewery um, tour. I encourage right. you to do it. That'd be awesome, but that would take mm. some <laughs> some logistics and some time yeah. and some money and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think most people are like when you you know I'm based in Edmonton. When I travel to Calgary, like you know, selfless yeah. promo, but I grab the book and I look at where all the breweries are and what time they're open because it's right. really easy, right? Um, I also love that Tyson organized each section. So if you look at the you know the Calgary section, right? It's got I think 18 breweries in it now, right? 
um, even within the section, it's bro it's alphabetical order, so still easy to find everything you need. Totally. Um, and we're pushing really, really hard every single quarter that breweries, you know, majority of their beers, or at least half their beers, are switching up. They're adding tasting notes. Uh, we removed um, IBUs because obviously we've been educating people on IBUs. And, and any honestly, any brewer I talk to across, no, outside of Alberta too, I say, hey, yeah, we took IBUs out of our book. And they're like, yes, thank you. Everyone loves it and they get it. So if anyone has an issue with that, holler at us on Twitter yeah. or on Instagram and in, we'll break it down for you. We'll refer you to old guides really is what you'll have to do. But <laughs> In my professional life, I've, I've, I start to get it less and less. Like people still ask like, oh, what are the IBUs in this? But it's something I'm as somebody who works in the industry, I'm glad it's kind of tapering off because it Absolutely. is explain to the people why, why it yeah. doesn't. So in matter. case, yeah, this is your first time hearing us and you've never seen our book. Well, before, what are, what missed, are IBUs? Yeah. First of all, so international bittering units, I'm not the best at explaining this. That's why I don't write the articles about IBUs. I let the professionals do it. Um, but basically it's one component of bitterness, but it's a scientific measure. So it's not the mm -hmm. whole story. You can actually have, like a lot of people think IBUs is straight up bitterness. If it's 90 IBUs, it's always more bitter than mm -hmm. 60 IBUs. That's not always the case. You can have a stout that can be a hundred IBUs, but because there's so much malt into the, into the grain mm -hmm. bill and into the beer that there's almost zero perceived bitterness on yeah. your tongue. So IBU is really just a, a fraction of the store. There's so many other components that determine your your mm -hmm. experience of the beer. And of course, everyone's experience on beer is unique. So we can only give you guidance, which is why we really emphasized tasting notes in the book. Right. If you look at the first issue versus this issue, um, <laughs> I think 95% or more have tasting notes in the, in the guide itself versus right. the first issue. It wasn't really a thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that helps educate people because... You know, maybe you don't like quote unquote stouts, but maybe you really like coffee and you like coffee flavors and maybe you can find your favorite beer as a coffee stout or a totally. milk stout or whatever it may be, right? So with right. those tasting notes, we think we just want to educate people the right way versus you gotta know what I be you don't know what I I be using are all you're not you don't know beer. It's like no, like like let's talk about this yeah. and let's educate you and let's enjoy like elevate your experience essentially right. right and there is a level like there is some level of pretension involved in knowing what the srm number is what the ibus are like things that you would never need to know well, as somebody who's purely enjoying craft beer well i mean I, I don't think there's a pretension in it can you be pretentious with those things of course <laughs> um i know these things but I'll, I'll i'll never be like oh you don't know what this is i always want to come from a place of education because right. you know I've, I've worked at beer shows i've been in the trenches uh, I'm not a sales rep. I don't work for any brewery, so I have no ties to anyone. So I can, you know, have my favorites and this mm -hmm. and that, whatever, right? But at beer shows, I've, I've poured for a number of different companies and breweries. And people will ask me, well, what's your favorite beer? I'm like, well, it's not about me. It's about you. What do you like to drink? What are you yeah. looking for in a beer? And if they really don't know, then you just explain kind of the basis of certain different styles that you're mm -hmm. pouring. And then educate them on, you know, what they can expect. Yeah. And I always say, like, it's a beer. You know, I guess Eric always says this. It's a beer. You're not marrying it, right? <laughs> it's just a beer. Especially at a beer show. It's like two bucks, right? Or yeah. free, whatever, uh, depending on the show. And uh, my catchphrase I love to say is, well, if you don't like that beer, I'll drink it for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you've, got it, you've got the guide broken down by... Uh, by region and then by alphabetically by brewery. Yep. And on each brewery page, you're doing some tasting notes. So yep. what are you hoping to communicate about the brewery? Like what information do you 
place on each brewer's page to uh, communicate and to educate your uh, your readers. Yeah, what so what I mean, are the, the important points you need to hit? I mean, God, there's so much. Just go get a book. Go to your local brewery. <laughs> go to your local liquor store. Wherever go to your local restaurant. craft beer is available. Yeah, assuming they're not out of the books. I've heard a few accounts like Sherbrooke, of course. Um, mm-hmm. They Full disclosure, they are a sponsor in our guide, but I've been a fan of Sherbrooke for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and anyone who knows beer in Edmonton would agree, even in Alberta, right? Um, they, I'm pretty sure they ran out of 150 guides within the first week. So, uh, we need to print more and we're working on it. Look for, uh, we actually printed 10% more for our summer issue. Um, which is great. So any sponsors, you've got more bang for your buck. Good on you. Um, but we will be ramping up distribution and our numbers, uh, in the fall. And, um, our goal is to double as we'd love to get to the 10,000 distribution mark, ideally by the end of the year, if not then early, um, 2018. Right. Uh, but basically, we, we know there's a demand for it because our books always run out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Long story short. So we, we know the people are, are enjoying it. But yeah, as far as key in, important points, I mean, when I'm looking at, you know, the breweries, for me, honestly, I just look at the hours and then I go to the brewery. Um, right. That's just how I use this book. And I, you know, I look if they have snacks and food on kind of the side directory thing. So you'll let them know, you'll let people know if they, if they do off sales, if they have a tasting room, if they serve pints. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, if it's child friendly. Yeah. If you got a little nugget, I know uh, there's a BC book that, that for a while, I don't know if they still do it. They were letting people know if it was dog friendly I was just going to ask uh, <laughs> as somebody with a dog that needs to go well, here's the thing. everywhere with them. There, there was only one place in Alberta that allowed dogs. So that's why we didn't put it in yeah. there. Um, and now they can't do it. Yeah. So until it becomes a thing, it doesn't really make sense totally. to incorporate that. But me being a huge, well, I guess a tiny dog lover, huge lover <laughs> huge of lover dogs, of tiny, of tiny dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if they make those changes in the future, I'd love to add that component in it as well. Um, but but I also love that, you know, majority of the, the brewery write-ups are actually coming from the brewery themselves. Right. Some might say those are, are biased or self-serving or whatever, but it's like, of course. <laughs> I want people to know what's going on. If a certain brewery does, you know, a cask every day or every week right. or if they have tours on certain mm-hmm. days or if they have, you know, events going on during that quarter when the book is out, right. that's what we want. We just want people to ultimately go to breweries, go to places that serve local beer and enjoy it, experience it. Let us know what you think and what your favorites are and connect with the people, learn the stories because it's, like it's such a magnetic culture that you know I fell in love with it when I first got into it. Um, just people are so passionate and excited about being in beer. Like there's so many industries of people who had good jobs, high paying jobs too, of um, you know uh, engineers and you know pharmacists and all these other careers, and now they're in beer because they just love beer. It's like the thing that keeps them up at night and wakes them up early in the morning. And, and it's really hard to not be a part of that culture. Totally. Um, let's, let's take a brief digression briefly from, uh, from talking about the book itself. Uh, Andrew mentioned to me before we started recording that we rarely, if ever talk about like, there's always beer being drank when this podcast is recorded. Oh yeah. Um, yes. As, <laughs> always. As in with, case you didn't know. <laughs> if, if there's a podcast I'm involved of and it doesn't involve beer drinking, I'll probably leave early. Um, I mean, hear a sip every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You right? hear the little, you hear a slurp. Uh, or a glass hitting a, the table. <laughs> if you've been a fan of drink this podcast, you've heard us lash out recently and aggressively sip things into the microphone. So um, let's, uh, <laughs> Andrew <laughs> was kind enough to bring, uh, I know that Andrew was the first person who pointed this brewery or who kind of brought this brewery to my attention. Uh, so I always enjoy it when he brings uh, brings bottles from Andrew. What did you uh, What did you bring? Yeah, to share so with we're this drinking uh, Grain Bin, their Hefeweizen, but it's their limited edition 
uh, sour mm-hmm. version of it. Um, I first learned about Grain Bin, well, as I was doing you know, research to bring about this guidebook, there's two breweries that exist in Grand Prairie. And when I learned that Grain Bin was doing only bombers to start, and more unconventional styles too. <laughs> right. You know, they didn't start with a light lager. They didn't start with, you know, and, and Grand Prairie is, you know, a more rural community. Mm-hmm. It's a big city, but it is still very uh, rural focused. Um, there's oil and gases, forestry. I lived there, little known fact, for a summer back in 2008. <laughs> sold knives there, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I sold a bunch of Cutco out there and I was training people uh, how to do it. Uh, not very many people that summer, but uh, it was my first experience running an organization when I was... 19 years old yeah, for full details check out uh, oh, i can't remember I'll, I'll drop the episode numbers in but uh, mm. previous episodes of drink this pod sure have, yeah why not have discussed it in depth yeah yeah fun story um yeah so grain bin i was like how like bombers only really like how's this gonna fly mm-hmm. um and i had a friend i wanted to get their beer but their beer wasn't available in edmonton this is um right. more than a year ago so mm-hmm. this would be like early early spring late winter of 2016 right and my friend wilson who who got back into cutco now i knew i've known him for like a decade he's back up in grand prairie he was selling cutco up there and he sent me a snapchat that he was in grand prairie so i called him immediately i'm like dude you got to go to this brewery you got to bring me back some beer <laughs> and of course it, it, isn't that what you that's normal right yeah no that's uh, i have i have had that exact same conversation <laughs> with somebody. Like, like that's it <laughs> i've called up dad more than once be like this other they don't fucking ship up here so you get bottles before you come or you're not allowed in the house yeah call me when you're in the tap room and tell me what they have <laughs> and i'll buy most of them anyway exactly um, so he did that. It took him like 15 minutes to find the brewery because apparently it's very well hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, good on you, Daylin. Uh, we're going to bring him on the show, by the way. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's a treat. He's a very, very great, great individual. Yeah. Um, and he brought back a bunch of bombers for me. The first standout beer I had, actually, I might've shared it with you on one of our podcasts mm-hmm. was there, uh, the robust Porter yes. clocking in at a heavy, it was a 7.9% oh, or yeah, something, something like that. Insane. And <laughs> it was really good. I was like, okay, I could see a future for these guys. Um, my friend Wilson went back, you know, after a few months and, and brought back more beer. And then eventually he started getting some bombers in Edmonton. Right. They started ramping up their production a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you can see their, their products regularly at Sherbrooke, uh, and amongst other, uh, liquor stores, mm-hmm. a few across Edmonton as well. But, um, I like what he's doing. He's always putting out new stuff. Um, another standout for me, if you can find it, they were sold out at the brewery and I haven't seen it in Edmonton, but if you can find it, I am sitting on a bottle of the... Uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout it was there pardon me <laughs> it was their one year anniversary beer and uh, it was delicious i had a chance to try it at the brewery conference in red deer um a few months ago mm-hmm. and uh it was great and i was like hmm let's see what happens if we uh let this hang out for a while so i think i have a sticky on it to open it in december <laughs> or something nice. like that um so i look forward to that too but yeah green bin is is go- great um Try their beer. I look forward to having them on the cast soon. Do Do you want to talk about the sour half specifically, or do you want to? Yeah, we can. We can. I, uh, we I can really go back like on it. track. If you want to talk about, it, yeah, absolutely. Like I, and you, like you, uh, the, the 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 descriptor I'll choose to I'll choose to pick it is it's got like the way that I'm assuming it's lacto. Uh, like I'm assuming it's kettle soured. You know what? I don't know. I, I assume so. Yes. Um, yeah. And the way like the flavors in the hefeweizen and the flavors from the souring play together almost make this like really compelling like briny character to it like mm-hmm. it almost comes off perceivably like salt yeah um which i find really fascinating uh so like it's weird how like the coriander and the lemon flavoring translate like which are part of pickling spice translate yeah, to yeah. this like briny yeah char- it's 
it's really interesting, and I I kind of wish we had another bottle. I'm a little. <laughs> it is interesting. By this. Yeah, it's it's not what I expected. No, not at all. And but, uh, it's, but that by no means means I don't like it. Totally. Yeah, but it, it's like pleasantly um, mm. interesting, yeah, if you will. Totally. <laughs> um, so you and I have talked to fucking death about how you got into beer. So um, instead of that, I wanna I wanna divert um, that question into a more. You've been doing the guidebook for about a year now. You've been working on it? Four issues. Yeah, I guess, yeah, working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was about this time last year. We were going to try to rush to get a summer issue out right. for the first one. And, of course, if you learn in life, typically the first of anything takes longer than totally. <laughs> all as, the following ones. Just, like, like opening a brew pub. <laughs> totally, right? So we, we had a lot of content for the summer issue. Mm-hmm. People submitting summer beers. We we're going to rush. And we're like, we need to have this thing funded. We need to have it right. We need to have our our design dialed in or everything. So we pushed it back to do a September launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been about a year working on the guide. Right. Cause you, you mentioned when you talked about grain bin that, um, that they, that you heard about them while doing research for the guide Yep. and that you found it interesting that they were going bombers only to start, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time, most most people don't do that. We're not doing, but that's Dandy becoming, did that, but <laughs> at the say, time, Dandy right? Dandy did it, uh, and but even then, we had some draft uh, to start with. Yeah, as you well. did have some kegs, yeah. Uh, and uh, Ben Stick, uh, who has also been on the show, started that way as well. And they started uh, their first beer available was July first mm-hmm. of twenty sixteen. So they weren't well. They were on the radar, mm-hmm. of course. They were in the first book. Um, but yeah, we didn't know their. I guess they kind of talked about their doing bombers only. Mm-hmm. And you you also first. mentioned that like they were do, they were doing unconventional styles, not starting with the light lager. So there are there are rules, quote unquote, scare yeah. quotes for opening a brewery, and that's you have to have something accessible and you have to have certain formats. What have you seen, even in the short year you've been doing this? What changes have you seen to those quote unquote rules for? For starting, what what are the upstarts doing that you are kind of surprised by, as it were? Well, I mean, I think what impresses me is that I think the breweries that are doing really well, as in the ones that are, you know, they open and then they expand their production capacity mm-hmm. once, twice, three times, four sometimes times in, in their first year. couple of years. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes in their first years. There's a number of those stories. So I feel like those are some of the breweries that are really... Maybe they just open too small. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just shows that, you know, what they thought demand would be is, you know, they're blown away by right. by demand. Um, I love that the – I think the breweries that are doing it the best are really unique in their branding. And it's not just the beer. Like the beer, obviously, you've got to have good beer. Yeah. Right? But to truly stand out because there's a lot of breweries doing mm-hmm. really good beer. So mm-hmm. what makes people come back – to buy it again and again in the liquor store. What makes them come back to the brewery or to go out of the way or to tell friends, hey, we're going to this brewery this weekend, yeah. let's, you know, road trip, whatever. I think beyond just having great beer is like the full brand experience, right? My background is in branding and marketing Absolutely. and sales and all that stuff. So it's it's about having, you know, unique unique images and unique names and, you know, like just quality staff or just not even, if you suck at beer, but you're working at <laughs> one of these places, no, hear me out. If you don't know what you're talking about, but you're a nice person and you're excited, you're yeah. like, I don't know, but I'm learning. Yeah. Like that goes so far. I will always respect a tasting room employee who's like, I don't know, let's find out versus yes. lying to me and like totally bullshitting through bullshitting your teeth yeah. and going, that made no sense. Actually, what you really said was this. And yeah. then now it makes everyone And now I feel like it. I know more than you and you're trying to make me think that I know less than you and that yeah. makes me like you less. I And I, I, I fully <laughs> agree with you that the, the experience of whether it's being in their tasting room or labeling or 
brand identity matters like yeah. it's how you can it's on some level how you connect with the customer because if i'm in a liquor store all i get to see i don't get to taste the beer before i see it i just i just see a label right yeah um so i i i think you're right that branding and and brand identity absolutely yeah because you know we're we're not getting less beer on the market we're no. not getting less breweries on the market no. and not only is alberta continuing to explode um mm-hmm. <laughs> i looked at Think these numbers are right i can double check i looked at i just want to touch on kind of one of the origin stories of our book really quick sure, yeah, yeah, relevant yeah. to how things have changed i sent an email to um there's a bc publication um that we enjoyed that has lots of beers and breweries in it yeah and uh we were inspired by it to say i actually send them an email i thought it was in march of last year yeah um it was actually in february oh um so it was a few weeks before when i thought but so my apologies if i told the story wrong before but i sent them an email saying you know, we love your book. Um, you should come to Alberta. We currently have, I believe it was 18 breweries. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, well. Or no, tw- 28? Maybe it was 28. It was 28 at the time? In so, early, early 2016. 2016, 28 breweries. That, I, if you told me that, I would believe it. it could, yeah, question. I think it was right around there. Um, I'll double check my yeah. numbers anyway. Um, I was like, Hey, we have this many breweries like it's, but with, and I wrote, you know, in 20 more in the planning stages, mm-hmm. um, which was obviously an understatement at the time, but that's what I thought. Right. Um, and I said, you know, I've experienced in sales and marketing and magazines and branding, and we're pretty well connected in beer. That's what we do. When Eric and I travel, we visit breweries and it's not just an Alberta thing. It's everywhere we go. That's what we do. <laughs> so we, we sent them this email. We said, you should come to Alberta. We'll help you launch a similar book to what you're doing in Alberta. And of course, if you've heard this story before, mm-hmm. no response. So I said, wait a minute. We know people in beer. You know, we know, you know, some magazines and some sales. Let's figure this thing out. Right. And I'm so happy they didn't respond because uh, they are a very large company. Um, I think they do about 200 million uh, revenue a year. So they, they own all kinds of publications across Western Canada. Right. And I think if we fell into that where we're working for someone else, we wouldn't have been able to make such a great product that I think we've been able to put out. Yeah. Um, so I love that we're lean. You know, this business was basically started on a cell phone yeah. <laughs> and a laptop, mostly a cell phone. Um, you know, we sold uh, sponsorship ads to to fund the guy. That's why they're truly our sponsors. They're not just advertisers. Do they have an ad in the book? Of course. Mm-hmm. But our book does not exist without our sponsors. Right. Hence, and it is a sponsorship. They're creating something with their, with their dollars. Important to note that no... Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask, is it true that no brewery pays for participation in the guide itself? That's correct. So, if, the, if, the, yeah, if you open a brewery in Alberta, mm-hmm. um, then we give you a page in our book. Right. And the cost of entry, well, there is a price. The price is answering my email. Yeah. So we have your content because <laughs> I'm not going to make it up and I'm not going to bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as they're at, they're willing to participate, yes, they can have a page in this. Yeah. In this Traveler's yeah, Guide of Alberta Beer. Yeah, and, and that Free would, for nothing. Yes, and that's what we, we always want to keep it that way because, again, you know, there's that BC Guide that they have a lot of breweries in their in their book. But if a, you know, some breweries, obviously, they, they buy ads. You can see their ads in there. Right. Um, which is fine, but every brewery, whether or not they're buying um, a space and sponsoring the book, they have the mm-hmm. same amount of space in the book, which I think levels the playing field mm-hmm. because that way you know it's not focusing on you know breweries with advertising budgets and breweries with not nah, right? right we want to give it even and again we just want to say you know like present all the options like a, a beer festival right here's mm-hmm. everything we got you know go go try some stuff right? right go go drink some beer excellent yeah um 
And what is um, uh, uh, is I was gonna say has anybody like not responded to you? But that's a shitty question. Um, what has the response been from the breweries? Like, have you seen an an active engagement with them? Like, yes. most of them are really absolutely. on board yeah, to play. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I would say ask the breweries themselves. You're one of them. <laughs> you work for Dandy, right? But um, you know, talk to Matt and Derek and, yeah. and and Ben and all them. Right? They're they're all like they love it, right? Mm-hmm. They you know they love the book, and I love that. You know, majority of our distribution, we try to leverage it as much as possible when we do launch parties and events and things like that. Uh, we just want to hang out with great people and 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 let brewers hang out with fans and sales reps and you know right. everything. I just want to have a good time. It also, in full disclosure, I tell this to people, it's also a leverage point for dis- for distribution, right? I drive a Toyota Corolla, so I can't fit all the books in my car and drive across all of Alberta. It's just it's just hard. It's yeah. really hard, right? Um, so if we can, you know, distribute our guides at festivals or events. You know, this mm-hmm. comes back full circle. Our first guidebook launched um, at the Real Ale Festival. I think it's a great plug for them. Yep. Not that they need help selling it out. They However, do, they, they, they sell out all of their events all the time. But if you are not a fan or you're not aware of, mm-hmm. uh, check out the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous. Yep. Uh, friends they, of the network. Huge friends of the network. Friends in life, I'd say. Mm-hmm. They're all great people. Um, they host the Real Ale Festival in September of every year. I believe this is their fifth or sixth yeah don't quote I, me boy i ain't saying they, they always <laughs> they always schedule it at a time when i'm away i'm actually gonna be here this year and i'm super yes sorry. yeah um, we haven't yeah so it is uh september 9th so make sure the only way you can buy tickets you need to subscribe to their again they're not paying me to say this i'm just mm-hmm. i'm a huge fan i volunteer for them every year because i just love what they do i learned a ton about beer and met a ton of great and i continue to learn amazing you know people and, and, and get great connections at these events um, so I'm forever grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were actually our, our first sponsor ever of our guide, um, which was uh, which was huge. It was the the point where it it was like, holy shit, this is real. Like people are investing in our book. Now we need to go to print. And um, I don't know if Shane knows this or not, and and the people over at Edmonton Beer Geeks, but. You know, there's certain days if people are in sales, they can relate. You have good days and bad days, and some days you mm-hmm. you know only work for yourself on certain projects. It's, you know, it's easy to not do certain things you know you need to do. And one of the driving <laughs> factors that allowed us to continue, that allowed me to continue to to sell the sponsorship pages to fund the guide because we didn't invest any money in the guide. It was, right. it was like all completely sponsor-driven. Um, the vision that pulled us through to launch the book for September was that I told Shane that uh, we were going to launch the guide, or we said, you know, we asked him, of course, mm-hmm. we'd love to launch the first issue of the guidebook at your real ale festival. And of course, he said, yeah, right. that'd be great. It's amazing added value for everyone there. Um, and it's a good venue for us to distribute too. Right. So the driving reason when I didn't want to pick up the phone, when I, you know, you get no's and you get cancels and all mm-hmm. that stuff that goes with sale, all the bad, right? The, what allowed me to pull forward to the good was that vision of handing out the guide at that ale festival. And then the other side of if it wasn't funded, you know, we weren't going to go to print and we weren't going to have the guide ready and it wasn't going to be on time. It was like the disappointment of not being able to hand it out to them at the festival. Right. That just drove me to make more calls and like talk to more sponsors and just get, <laughs> get it going. Done. So I appreciate you, Shane, um, for allowing uh, us to uh to launch the guide at your event and for anyone listening who hasn't been or if you have been before make sure you get tickets subscribe to their it's their email list right um they put out a newsletter like once a month it's not just their events but it's like all what's happening in beer and especially cask beer and i just think they keep oh just a quick you know before we we, we keep moving um 
they had 28 casks last year, so in 2016, from 25 Alberta breweries, two BC, one Yukon, which was Yukon Brewing, right? <laughs> um, and it was incredible. It's just like it's the 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 event. I love Alberta beer festivals. I love the craft beer festivals. They're amazing, but there's something about all cask beer, the type of people that are there, the type of people you meet. It's just like it's like the darling child <laughs> event right. of the year. So uh, I'll be volunteering. I'll be pouring beer. If you'd like to meet me, I don't know. Maybe I'll wear my shirt. I don't know. I'll probably have a volunteer shirt on. But yeah, um, I, I, your intrepid host will also be volunteering. Yeah, well, yeah. So. Maybe we'll be pouring some brewskis. Oh, next we could to be shift other. buddies. Oh, what up? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, two more things. We got uh, fifteen minutes or so left. Two more things I want to get to, and uh, you you segued nicely into one of them. Um, not only do you guys have this awesome guidebook, but you also like. As part of your kind of education and community building, you also run launch events for this book. Yeah. Uh, so the first one being at the Real Ale Festival uh, in September of last year. Uh, you've also run one at, I mean, I only know about, seriously about the Edmonton ones, run one at the Common. Yep, yep. So, and and situation. then the situation. Yeah. yeah. So in December, uh, our winter issue, we did an event with the Common. Um, shout out to Rob. He's amazing. If you haven't been to the common, go there. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Again, they're not a sponsor. They don't pay me to say this. They're just, they make great food. They have a great beer list. Um, they host hip hop karaoke every few months, which I've known to frequent every once in a while. Uh, they do a hip hop. (laughs) It's so cool. They, they bring in like cool DJ. It's just a great vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of cool stuff going on. So I I really like that restaurant, little patio on the side. So I love sitting there if it's like four o'clock on a, on a Friday and everyone's just sitting in traffic, just looking <laughs> so stressed and terrible. Just like, I hate my life and I'm just enjoying a beer <laughs> in the patio. So that's one of my favorite memories from there. But anyway, uh, yeah, we did a launch event with them. Uh, Rob really took control with that. We had seven different breweries um, sampling beer. Uh, we had food there and stuff like that. Yep. And we launched a guide. Everyone really loved it. Um, in uh, Calgary, we actually paired up with uh, Banded Peak. Oh. Uh, if you haven't had their beer, they don't have a big. Actually, they really don't have a presence in uh, in Edmonton. No. Maybe the occasional uh, keg at Beer Rev, at or, or Beer Rev, but that's basically it. Yep. Um, they're doing really good things. Uh, they opened right around the same time as Situation did, so mm-hmm. in May of 2016. Um, uh, their beers are great. They do a three and a half percent stout. The which Javalanche, yeah, the Javalanche, great name too. <laughs> that is a good. That's um, a good Their uh, their IPAs are incredible. Um, so anyway, just doing good stuff. So we mm-hmm. was kind of like, a, you know, just show up. They open on a day where they weren't normally opened at like five o'clock. Um, I didn't, I'm not as well connected in Calgary, but I invited everyone I knew that right. was there and we had a good little turnout, uh, over there for, uh, industry people and some fans and, uh, just drank some good beer and, and got to, uh, interact with the community. Yep. And then in the spring and March, we did a big event with situation. It was a ticketed event. Uh, but we had beer. They did a pig roast and a buffet. And mm-hmm. Chef Carlos over there, shout out to Situation. I, I got drunk him. and ate pork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go, right? And broke a toe. Yeah, and like, broke a toe. That's how much toe. fun those events are. I broke, broke a toe. toe. Um, we so, should quote that on one of our... <laughs> yeah. Come to our events. You'll get. You'll have such a good time, you might break a toe. <laughs> um, so you... I'm assuming you do one for in each city for every guidebook? Uh, idea. We didn't for the summer launch. Um, the beer festival is happening. We're working on another project. Right. Um we were like, there's so much going on in the summer. We said, let's mm. take a break from it. Same with the podcast. We took a little break. Yep. Um, go find the book. Go drink some beer. Go to the beer festival. Yeah, it's summertime. Nobody wants to go to beer events. I mean, I mean, uh, they do. But. <laughs> I'm sure we'd still have a good turnout. 
But um, there was just a lot going on. Yeah, so totally. we just said, hey, let's let's take a break. But um, for the fall issue, there will for be. For the fall, I mean, I'll talk to Shane again. I imagine he'll have no, no uh, issues with us launching the next issue <laughs> at his uh, at his festival. Um, it looks like we're going to be transitioning. So let me know what you think, world. Um, some places uh, will be charging uh, money for the guide because we're growing our distribution. Um, right. We don't want to charge more for ads because then our local businesses are priced on the market. Yeah. We don't want to fill it with ads because no one wants to read that shit. Yeah. We always keep it less than 25% ads. I think the most it's been is like 20, 21% as right. a total page count. Um, so we care about our consumers and our customers. If people are adding on an extra two bucks, you know, and buying a book. And as you can see, our summer issue has like a lot of goddamn articles. So yeah. we think the value is there. Let us know. Is that too high? Is that not enough? Um, are you going to uh, protest us if we do that? But. I'd so love to hear from you. <laughs> if people, uh, I'll ask you this question, and then you you handed me the perfect segue. So, if people want to stay in touch uh, about potential launch events, and if they want to contribute to, or they want to answer your questions and say, "Hey, this is great. This is what I like. This is what I don't." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So publicly, if you want to do it publicly, yeah. AB Beer Guide. Uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter. We don't run Facebook. We don't do anything else. No we, Snapchat. No, we don't. Do, I I'm on personal Snapchat, but I. Not for the guy. Andrew. I know, right? Andrew. <laughs> you have extolled the virtues of Snapchat for business for me. You don't have a Snapchat? So the reason why I backpedaled a bit on that. <laughs> no, it's a good reason. Um, Instagram came up with Snap with uh, the stories. I keep calling it Snap Stories, but yeah. it's Insta Stories. And actually, we've been using that, and we've been getting a great engagement rate on that. Okay. So the reason why I'm not pushing Snap anymore is that Instagram, I think, honestly, is doing a better job. The platform reaches more people. And you can type in more than one line of text. Totally valid. So, sure, you can't see me as a dog. That's fine. <laughs> but dog faces don't go on beer cans anyway. So, All right. Fair enough. <laughs> or so, dog filters. <laughs> I'll ask you two more questions. Um, sure. uh, so, the guidebook itself, while it is a super handy glossary of everybody producing beer commercially in the province of mm -hmm. Alberta, uh, it's not just that. There are also written content for this book. So Absolutely. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what it is that you, you like to include? Like, so you got your ads, yeah, you got totally. your breweries. What kind of written content yeah, are you so guys doing? What we love is that you know we are featuring breweries on the front cover moving forward um, mm -hmm. ever since our second issue. Um, again, those breweries are not paying to be on the front cover. Right. Um, the original agreement oh, pardon me, was that um, breweries who had um, um, were part of the early on issues, we said that, you know, those would be the first people we look to to, right. to do a front cover. So we're not charging them for any of those things. Um, we've got an amazing photographer. Um, shout out to the Fermentation Project. Uh, Chris and all of his team there. Um, they do amazing videos and beer reviews yeah. and cool drone shit. It's awesome. He's great. So he's been doing the photos for our la for our summer mm -hmm. issue. And uh, it looks like we'll be moving that forward together. Um, we also have Jason Foster on board. If you don't know about him, check out onbeer.org. Mm -hmm. And he's at... Uh, on Twitter at Yeg Beer Guy, um, is it Yeg or AB? Oh, maybe it's. I think oh it's yeah, it's totally AB, AB Beer Guy. Right. Yeah, Yeg Beer Guy is like we Chris had a fight about or Yeg this. Beer Chris or I don't know. There's so many people. Yes, Jason Foster's on Twitter. Just search Jason Foster Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, AB Beer Guy. You're right. Not to um, be confused with the AB Beer guide. guide. Although he is writing articles for our publication, and we support everything he does too. I read, <laughs> I read two of his articles this morning. Right, like I, I love the guy. He's great. Yeah, it's my um, first thing I do at work every day. Is yeah, check the, it's great. Check yeah, I, I love him for that. So he's 
you know, as much as we like to contribute to the the um, the education and the entertainment of the craft beer community, Jason Foster truly is a pioneer. He's been homebrewing for 25 years now. He's been BJCP certified since 2001. Um, and actually, a shameless plug, one of my favorite episodes of Drink This Podcast is where you interview Jason Foster. Um, I was so much fun. It, it was great. It's, it's a brilliant episode. I, I encourage anyone to. Uh, he's really seen the beer scene evolve from when it was you know just Big Rock opening totally. uh, up until, obviously, today. He also uh, is on CBC Radio mm-hmm. every two weeks. He's uh, garnering a huge uh, following and audience for those shows, talking about beer, educating about beer. Um, he writes for publications in Saskatoon and Regina and Edmonton. Um, he does beer uh, consulting and writing for Sherbrooke and for the Underground. And he just, mm-hmm. everything he does is gold. Yeah. So uh, get to know him. The true champion him, and, of Alberta beer. Yeah, he's, he, he's truly is a pioneer. And um, and he's and written it, for you guys. Written, he wrote one yeah, of the first articles, did he not? Yeah, he wrote the State of the Union. I thought he was a perfect person to do it. And totally. he said, yeah, let's let's give this a shot. And. Um, I think he enjoys working with the beer guy. We enjoy working with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a great fit. So anyway, he's he's doing the articles about the breweries moving forward. Um, we've also got articles from people like, um, you know, Graham Brado. He's one of the owners mm-hmm. of Troubled Monk, and he's been an avid homebrewer for years. His beer is amazing. If you haven't had any, befriend him and be like, yo, bro, <laughs> I want some beer. Um, you know, people like uh, the head brewer, uh, Adam, at Blind Man. He's mm-hmm. got a few articles in this issue. He's written some really interesting stuff. Nobody knows, like, th- that I know personally <laughs> knows that much about beer chemistry and is that excited to talk yeah, about he, it. He's, he's a beer, in a good way, he's a beer nerd through and through, yeah. but, we, again, we love him for it. And, like, it. nerdy about the process, which yeah. is not super common. And he, right? and he wants to teach people these things, yeah. too, right? So he's got some great articles. Um, we've got articles from people who work at, you know, ampersand 27 mm-hmm. in the industry. We've got, we've had articles in the past of just um, like Morgan. She's just a, a fan. Her, you right. know, she's a big beer fan. And she wrote an article about what it's like to date someone who's a, a beer geek. You know what I mean? Never having room in the fridge and yeah. um, whatnot. So uh, lots of different people. You know, Dave Nuttall did an article and he's a huge uh, beer influencer and educator. Mm-hmm. He runs um, Beer University or Beer School. I always say that one wrong. Um, it's in beer, uh, down in Calgary. Yeah, I think. Oh, it's Beer University of the Beer Festival. Beer School. Beer School. Yeah, yeah. Beer School by Dave Nuttall. Um, right. So he's he's just a great educator down in Calgary. Um, doing great, great things. So if I missed you, you know my mistake. But the other thing is that our articles have been great because it's buy-in for the industry. Right. And if someone wants to write something for us, like submit it. Um, Erica, our editor, she's great. So if you're even not the best technical writer in the world, mm-hmm. but you have a good story, you know she'll. Just tweak it and make sure it sounds like good English. She knows her stuff, and she's you know she's a professional editor um, and yeah, writer. So and very good at it. Too. Yeah, we've got a great team. We just uh, we want to do really good things, but we're also we're a small startup. We're lean. Like it, like I said, it started on it's an iPhone five. It's not even a fancy phone, right? But um, it's a bunch of Google spreadsheets and um, you know phone calls with people. And um, I just think that you know if you want to contribute to Alberta beer do it like go drink it go support it you you vote with your dollars every time you're either spending money with a huge faceless you know evil corporation based in Belgium or in, or in South America or you're spending it on a local business mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's really powerful that we have that uh, that control with our dollars every single time all right um, one last question and then the, uh, this is the one I've been like anticipating eagerly oh because well, you ask everybody that comes on the show, and I'm hey. so glad I get to ask you, what would you like to see happen in Alberta beer? 
That is a loaded question. This one I actually didn't think about before the show. <laughs> um, what I'd like to see, I know a few other people have said it too, but I think it's true. We need more breweries. Like the way it used to be, if you go back in time far enough, every small town and community was almost self-sustainable, but they had local butchers and local bakeries and local breweries. And it was, I love the phrase, it was the 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 living room of the community. It's where people got together to share stories, to meet people, um, you know, to talk about what's happening, to spread news. It was like, it was the hub, right? Before Facebook and all this other shit, right? It was breweries. And to this day, I still meet so many amazing people when I go to breweries. Recently, we were on a brewery trip and I met, um, you know, people from uh, like uh, Hop, Hop Farming University, essentially. Right. Uh, someone who teaches in, in Michigan, um, the hop program, <laughs> in the agricultural program there. Uh, I met investors, people who provided seed money for a brewery. Um, out in Kingston, Ontario. Um, like I meet the coolest people. I met the, um, you know, at breweries, I met the person who started uh, the Urban Pedal Tours. He's yeah, doing yeah, the bike yeah. tours. He's got the two in, in Edmonton now. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I believe. Um, you know, I met him at breweries. I've met so many like sooneries and rumories and now they're opening breweries from just being mm-hmm. at breweries. So we need more of that in the world. If every community, instead of a shitty neighborhood pub that only serves macro, you mm-hmm. know, uh, synonyms. <laughs> um, instead, if we had, you know, a local brewery in every community, like I just think every community would be stronger. So, um, and it's, again, it's arguable and you can debate me on this, that, you know, human civilization was started. We started settling down and growing crops because we wanted more, you know, cereal crops to grow, mm-hmm. you know, to essentially grow beer versus yeah. growing and making bread. Right. Um, there's some science starting to surface about that. So, I just think it's who we are. I think the uh, the the craft, or more importantly, the local growth of you know we're at what about ten percent in mm-hmm. Canada, um, and ninety percent is macro controlled of every beer purchased. It's inevitable. Like these big guys cannot. They can do all their tricks and buyouts and all these things. We'll talk about those things mm-hmm. and expose some truths in the future. But um, it's inevitable. It's it's the way it used to be. We're just going back to that fact. And uh, I support everyone who uh, votes local versus voting uh, non-local. Andrew, thanks for sitting down with us today. Thanks for being on your own show, for <laughs> guesting on your own show. It's still a little silly, but I think it was good. And, you know, you can look forward. If you guys have some suggestions, again, at AB Beer Guide on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if there's certain breweries or people you want us to connect with, let us know. We have a good list with mm-hmm. us. We'll be reaching out to some more people moving forward. But if you are a soonery or rumory and you don't think Ooh. that you've talked to Andrew at the Alberta Craft Beer Guidebook, Get in touch with him. Insta, Twitter, at AB Beer Guide. And uh, really easy, our, our Gmail account is the same as our Twitter and Instagram handle. So just abbeerguide at gmail.com. So send us a note, what you love, what you don't love, mm-hmm. what you like to see, what you don't want to see, whatever it is. Um, it's all about uh, serving the community, right? Educate the interested and uh, entertain the entrenched. Fabulous. Well, Andrew, again, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, we will see you again when uh, Andrew is back in my chair uh, for the next episode of the Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast. Until then, we'll talk with you again soon. Cheers. Cheers. This has been a production of Screaming Dachshund Studios.